Welcome everyone to the September uh, market update from Rosecut. I'm joined by Mike as ever. How are you, Mike? Hi, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Good. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Good. To um, illustrate a few points this month, what we thought we'd do is just have a few charts on screen uh, just to help talk through what's been going on. And I thought it'd be good to start by just looking at what's been going on with the US equity market. So this is the S&P 500 index. Uh, the most widely followed one out there and as you can see over the past five years which is what this shows uh, we had one major bear market in 2020 but really since then we've been on a pretty steady upwards uh, trajectory uh, and it's what we continue to see in markets they continue to go up and with very little volatility and to be honest it makes us a little nervous that we've not had as much as a 5% pullback in the past eight or nine months now, but it's no reason why that should end tomorrow. So it's just something we continue to watch. In the meantime, we do see some other signs of markets getting expensive. We posted on Twitter the other day, investors in European junk bonds, these are the riskiest of corporate bonds, are now happy to accept a yield of around 2.4%, which is below some measures of inflation meaning that investors are happy to have a negative real return, which is quite incredible. Perhaps part of the reason is because investors are looking at the latest economic news. And Mike, at this point, perhaps you could comment on um, the Citigroup Economic Surprise Index, which is one way of, of monitoring this. I think that the, the chart, just first of all, the S&P is quite instructive. It seems very much a kind of one-way route. Uh, we've had that uh, brief interruption, of course, with the, the onset of COVID. Since then, um, we've had a, a, a rebound. We've had stimulus packages uh, coming through the summer, as you suggest. The pace of economic surprises has begun to, to peter out. And I personally still find the, the macro data very, very noisy in the sense that it's just hard to decipher uh, what is permanent, what is transitory, what's due to the Delta variant, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think, you, you know, investors will see those patterns uh, writ large in the in the performance of some of the uh, the pharmaceutical stocks like Moderna, uh, and then on the other side and on, on the airlines, some of the, the travel companies. Um, but I, I think at the moment, the sense is that, you know, a lot of the, the sort of the heat has been taken out of, of economic growth. Um, which probably makes it a bit more comfortable for the bond market to digest some very high price and inflation readings. Yes, as you say, it's, it's very supportive for government bonds when you see economic growth coming in below expectations, uh, which is really what this chart shows on the screen. Um, you can sometimes plot the yield of government bonds on this chart and see a bit of a correlation there. It also um, leads on nicely to inflation expectations. And this is something we had questions about uh, just two or three months ago, because all of the year-on-year -year comparisons uh, showed inflation is getting much higher than we've seen over the past, well, 10 years, really. But this, this chart's really interesting because it shows what sort of inflation rate people are pricing in over the next 10 years. So that's what 10-year break-even inflations can be, can be seen as. And what you can see is there was a, a dramatic recovery in those expectations from the COVID hit last year. But really over the last few months, they've really been moving sideways. In other words, people are not expecting runaway inflation in the future. They're sort of expecting uh, 
a range that's consistent with the Fed's uh, mandate. I think just on, on that, Daniel, um, two other points to, to bear in mind. Um, I mean, it shows we're at sort of the upper bound of inflation expectations. So the risk, I suppose, that we, we push even higher. Two other inflation measures to, to keep in mind. Um, wage inflation beginning to pick up and house price inflation. Um, and I'm old enough to remember the days when uh, house prices rose at the rate they're rising now. Uh, central banks around the world would be jacking up interest rates. It's not the, not the case now, I think. Yeah. Different regime. Well said. Uh, and speaking of debt, actually, there's a, a risk that we're keeping an eye on over the next month, which is the US debt ceiling. Um, have you been watching the stories on this? I'm following it with a degree of cynicism because invariably, with a couple of exceptions, I think there was one exception 10 years ago, you remember the debt downgrade of the US, politicians and policymakers kind of work themselves into a kind of a lather of panic and then some augmentation to the debt ceiling uh, gets passed. I think we, we are in extreme circumstances in the sense that the level of debt relative to GDP is so high. And I think in the States, maybe less so in Europe, there's not much fiscal space in, in the sense that the government has already spent a lot on the post-COVID stimulus. For that reason, I, I think the debt ceiling will be passed. I think, however, that the impetus for further recovery needs now to come from households who soaked up actually a lot of cash from the government. But I think as your chart shows there, uh, the issue of credit risk is something that markets haven't had to deal with uh, for some time. We had this enormous property company in, in China, uh, Evergrande, um, who effectively, effectively have defaulted on their debt and that they're not paying interest payments. Now the Chinese authorities have allowed them to not not so much to, to restructure, but I think just to to reschedule might be is, is sort of a less demanding way of putting that. But it does show that there's lots of debt out there on the corporate side as well as the, the government side. It's being absorbed for the time time being in that the fall in Evergrande bonds, which you showed very nicely there, has not proven contagious across other parts of the credit markets, but it is maybe a, a just a, a warning sign. Yeah, I think that nicely uh, sums up the risk that we're, we're watching from uh, uh, contagion when it comes to Evergrande bonds. That along with tapering is perhaps the two uh, sort of immediate risks that we're watching. As you say, the debt ceiling, there'll probably be a lot of noise, but ultimately it'll get increased. So I, I think those are the main risks we're watching at present. No changes to portfolios at present, as uh, there's no immediate uh, need for it. They continue to perform as expected. So no changes this month. We look forward to chatting to you all next month. Okay, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Mike.